0: Listening to the Atlanta Voiceover Studio and Pro Voiceover podcast. I'm Heidi Rue.
1: And I'm Mike Stout. Atlanta Voiceover Studio and Pro Voiceover exists to provide the resources that you need to create the voiceover career you want, which is why we do this podcast. We bring you industry leaders to give you insight, advice, and tips to elevate and equip your voiceover journey.
0: Yep. And today we are so excited because we have Aaron Spencer on with us. Aaron is an LA based producer and Audi winning narrator and director who has performed on over 150 audiobooks, directed just as many. And not only that, but she started her own audiobook production company called One Night Stand Studios. Such a creative name. <laughs> after working with Penguin Random House, HarperCollins, McMillan, and so many others. She's and kind of a rock star. She's kind of an audiobook rock star. That's true. <laughs> and she has been a, a workshop instructor for us for many years now. Like, It's crazy. Um, And we are just so excited to welcome her back in September for an audiobook demo workshop, which if you want more details about that, you can see the link in our show notes. And also, if you'd like to hear Erin's answers to our bonus questions like what makes a great audiobook narrator, the pros of audiobook narration, and what the future of audiobooks look like, well, you can check out our YouTube page and social media. Also, guess what? The link is in the show notes.
1: That's right. All right, so let's get this thing started popping off here, Aaron. Share with us how you got started in audiobooks.
2: Well, um as Heidi said, I'm in LA and I moved out to LA to be a- an actress. Um so I was, you know, doing the hustle and on-camera auditions, commercials, film, TV and, you know, running all over town. And eventually at, at some point a friend of mine from high school narrated an audiobook that became huge. It was like a huge hit to the point that she was on Barbara Walters. And I'm like, what is, wow. what is this? What's going on? Audiobooks. Um, and I love to read and I've always been an avid reader. And I thought, well, this sounds like a good pairing for me, right? I'm an actor and I love to read. Let me investigate further. So I took a workshop. Um, it was a weekend workshop, two days. I loved it. I, you know, I was super interested in it. I got, out of t- I got two demos out of it, which is going to be really similar to what I'm doing in September with you guys. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's, it's like the same thing. Um, I got two demos out of it. And from there, I put those demos on ACX, where if you don't know what that is yet, you will eventually. Um, and I got my first job in 24 hours. And I just, so it was like being thrown in the deep end of the pool, like, oh my gosh, okay, we're doing this. (laughs) And that started, that started the ball rolling for me. Um, after that, it took about eight months for me to really get going in it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I just got lucky on that first job, but that's, that's really how it started. It was just a good fit for my skill set and my interest, Mm -hmm. um, And, you know, the rest is history, as they
0: say. Yeah. And not only have you had years of success as an audiobook narrator, but you also started your own production company, One Night Stand Studios. So how exactly did that come about? Was that something you always had kind of thought about doing or was, (laughs) were you just like, let me add one more thing to my plate? (laughs) (laughs) You know, no, it wasn't something that
2: I'd thought about doing. I think, for me, it was really a natural progression with how my audiobook career was evolving. Um, you know, like I said, I started as a narrator, I started as an actor, and then I became a narrator. Eventually, I became a freelance director for Penguin Random House Audio here in Los Angeles. Um, and then I was brought on to um, co produce some really big, huge multicast titles and started working with you know actors and sound uh you know and sound engineers and really you know creating a, a big audiobook world working with brand new narrators working with seasoned celebrities um and really like had my hands in all kinds of of audiobooks all genres all different levels and at some point I'm like, okay, I think it's time to take this to the next level. Mm. Also, because I was getting a lot of calls directly from authors themselves. Mm. So what One Night Stand Studios really specializes in is working with indie authors. And I I they are amazing. And they are New York Times bestsellers and USA Today bestsellers that do it all on their own, right? You don't have to have a big publisher anymore to mm. be really successful. Um so really like my audiobook career evolved, but also like my love of authors is what drove mm. me to start this company. I mean, my favorite thing about One Night Stand Studios is is collaborating with authors. Mm. And I love I love doing that. Um seeing what they have and elevating it as much as I can with casting or creative choices or, you know, whatever we can do to, to, to elevate their work. And Mm. so they're really proud to have it.
1: So you love authors so much (laughs) that you decided to become one yourself (laughs) and then narrate your own book. (laughs) Was that something you always wanted to do or how did, how did that happen?
2: No, you know, I think, you know, I've, so I've narrated about, like you said, 150 books under my real name. And then I have a pseudonym where I think I've narrated maybe 250 books. So I've read a lot of books and that's just the ones I've narrated, not the ones I've directed or produced. So, you know, my reading is insane. Mm -hmm. And at some point I was like, I think I can write a book. (laughs) I, I know that's like, Sounds crazy, but I, I just felt like I could. The problem was finding time yeah. to write it. Right. Um, okay. so I asked a friend. Um, I gave I kind of pitched my idea about the book. And I was like, do you want to write this with me? I need an accountability partner. Like I need somebody to help just drive this through with me. And um she said yes. And it turns out she's was an awesome writer. So we wrote a book. <laughs> So I'm already awesome. thinking about my next one, though. I really want to write another one.
0: Yeah, it was very good. I, I listened to it, and it was <laughs> awesome. So, <laughs> I,
2: so I, I highly <laughs> recommend.
0: <Thank laughs> and we'll put a link to it, too, in the show notes.
2: Yeah, the yes factor.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: It's a, it's a rom-com.
0: Yeah. <laughs> now, you mentioned that you've done you know some books under your, your name and some books under a pseudonym. And there's actually a lot of different genres, too, within audiobooks. Is there one particular genre that has more opportunities than another, or or are they all about the same, or? Uh,
2: Yes and no. I mean, there are certain genres that just sell more. Um, That would probably be like mysteries, thrillers, romance, and just general fiction. Those are probably the top selling audiobooks. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's all kinds of genres. Like you said, there's memoirs, there's sci fi, there's young adult, there's erotica, there's, Mm -hmm. um, you know, nonfiction has a million subgenres within just that label. So, you know, is there more work than, you know, in one than others? Eh, You know, maybe, but I always say, people should really focus on what they like the most, but also what their voice is appropriate for. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something like when somebody makes a demo, I always think, you know, you might like science fiction, but your voice is really, really perfect for young adults. Mm-hmm. And we find something that maybe bridges that gap, like yeah. a dystopian young adult or, you know, so I, I think, there's a lot of work in audiobooks. There's a lot of work out there. It's just finding what's right for your voice. Um, but also that's going to keep you interested and engaged. Because yeah. if you don't like the material, it's not going to turn out that great. So I think it's a, it's a good, good, good idea to find a balance there.
1: Sure. Right. We get a lot of questions here about audiobooks for uh, narrating for kids, uh, kids' books. So can you share what the options are with that?
2: Sure. There's not a ton of options for kids books. Um and that's not to say there's none because there are some, but also, you know, the first kind of question I would ask someone back would be what do you mean when you say kids? Hmm. Do you mean um like Dr. Seuss or do you mean middle grade or do you mean young adult? Um because those are actually three very different things. Young adult has a lot of work in it. There's a lot, young adult is sort of trendy right now, um, or new adult, which is like slightly older than, than young adult, middle grade. Sure. There's, there's some work there too. Kids, if we're really talking about kids books, that it's a, it's really, it's a hard genre because the books are extremely short. Generally speaking, you know, maybe under 10 minutes or so, um, if we're really looking at kids. Those books have really low costs on Audible. Maybe, you know, $1.99, $2 or $3.99. So there's not a ton of money in that and you still have to pay for production. So so you may see a celebrity do a children's book um, because there's that big name attack attached and they know it's going to sell right this 10 minute audiobook is going to tell if they have a big celebrity name attached so sometimes that happens i i don't see a ton of work in children's books no mm-hmm. but a lot of older like i said middle grade and ya there's a lot more opportunities there
0: yeah you know Erin, in commercial vo there are a lot of like trends and shifts that go on uh, pretty regularly but is that true for audiobooks, or is it pretty steady?
2: I think there are shifts and those shifts end up really being based on the authors themselves mm-hmm. and what they're creating, and what they're providing in their writing. Um, so, you know, a great, great example of that is authors are now writing with multiple point of views. Um, so, there I feel like it used to be sort of you open the book and you read the book or it was written in third person point of view and it was that but now first person point of view in some genres is really trendy so there's a lot of there can be a lot of different voices on the book um audio dramas are written you know sometimes basically the format of books isn't as stringent as it used to be authors Mm -hmm. can really be creative even the page May not look the same, like the way the writing is they're adding text, they're adding emojis they're the formatting of the book. It's yeah. not just paragraph, paragraph, paragraph. it can be, but it doesn't have to be, and so authors are really starting to explore how they're writing and the format in which they're writing, and I think a lot of authors are also keeping audio in mind when they're creating mm-hmm. and that's one thing that's like super fun for me as a producer. When an author brings me something, it's like, I know this is going to be crazy in audio and I'm not sure what you're going to do with it, but like, here's my book. And it's, I'm like, Ooh, okay. This is going to be fun. This is going to be different. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they're almost written like a screenplay
0: Mm -hmm.
2: and we actually record it. It's, you know, an audio drama or it's duet style, which duet is two, but it can be many more but you know an audio drama where it's like read almost like a table read or a screenplay and there's one narrator that sort of reads the story and then we cast every character and they read their lines yeah um so things like that are happening more and more so I think these trends and shifts are are really directly related to authors and how creative they want to get with their work hmm. so it's really exciting
0: that's awesome
1: that is exciting yeah. and it's it's super neat just to see that that it's kind of evolving a little bit in a different way it's it's weird for me to actually pick a pick up a book and if i saw an emoji in there i'd be like uh where did the, where did this who wrote this <laughs> but now bringing yeah. that in that's that's it's fun like you know depending on what the what the book is of course Sure.
2: well and you know i i would say it, it, every director is going to be different, but you know, when we first started seeing emojis in books, there's an emoji, you know, you can Google it and be see what emoji, what that means, right? Mm-hmm. Like sty face or winky face or whatever it is. And sometimes it's more fun just to make sounds, right? right. We're in audio. So do I have to say winky face, or could I be like, uh-uh. <laughs>
0: Or yeah. yeah. You don't have to say poop. You just, no, <laughs> you don't make the sound of yeah. it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's when the audio engineer inserts a whoopee there. cushion.
2: <laughs> yeah. We're- and you know, also like texting now is appearing in mm-hmm. so many books. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's a big way how we communicate used to be phone calls, right? Mm-hmm. That was written in books now everyone's texting each other in books and how do you handle texts in books
0: mm-hmm.
2: um that's that's you know that's a lesson that's a class that's part of you know something you would learn in an audiobook workshop but you know those things come up all the time mm-hmm. so you know actors are are figuring out fun and creative ways to deal with those kinds of situations
1: yeah yeah well so what are the main sources for audiobook opportunities
2: Yeah, there, like I said, I feel like there's a ton of work in audio and I I say this a lot, but I feel like it's a great way for actors to really diversify their talent and diversify their income. There's, sure, it takes a long time and you sit down in front of a mic for hours instead of, you know, minutes to read. But if you're a full-time actor and that's what you want to do, it's a, it's a, great way to just keep flexing your your acting muscles and make money at the same Mm -hmm. time um majority of audiobook work is union but you don't have to be in the union to get that work Mm -hmm. um the great thing is if you're non-union you are benefiting from getting union um rates Mm -hmm. generally you know you're working for a production company that's Union which at this point most of them are a large percentage of them are um, but sources for audiobook opportunities one of the opportunities is ACX it's a platform where authors and narrators can connect and um, there's a lot of work there some of which is wonderful and some of which might not be so wonderful you have to do your due diligence when working on ACX um, but It can be a great way, especially if you're new to get started. I always tell people I I am a mentor for some narrators, and if they have no audiobooks, you have to get you have to start right. You just have to begin. Um, And the beginning is always the hardest because you're not only learning how to just narrate a book, but you're also like trying to figure out how to use your computer and have your mic set up right and you know there's just a million sort of things that go into it that can be a little bit daunting and ACX is a great place to start and give yourself that time and opportunity just to you know b- begin the process mm-hmm. um there's also independent production companies like one night stand studios there's um, there's various companies out there that that do what I do that work for um independent um authors, or also maybe just produce for publishers. So not Mm. every publisher produces. Sometimes they hire out production to other companies. Um, There's large publishing companies uh, like, like Macmillan and Simon and Schuster, Penguin Random House. Uh, Penguin Random House started a website called Ahab, A-H-A-B as in boy. AHAB is also great for really anybody of all levels. You need to have, I believe it's at least three demos to um, go on AHAB. It could, it could be two. Um, but Penguin Random House does post auditions. And One Stand Studios posts auditions on there, too. Um, I usually have an audition up there a few times a month um, when I'm looking for somebody new or somebody that's really specialized in, mm. in something specific. The the best resource, in my opinion, for experienced and brand new narrators is the APA, which is the Audio Publishing Association. They, if you become a member, um, I'm not exactly sure how much it is a year, uh, maybe two fifty a year, but man, is it worth it! Hmm. You get access to an online directory that has every person almost that could hire you in the audiobook business. It wow. has all of the big names. it has all of the middle late, you know middle range people. it has the independent companies, publishers, producers. it's got everybody. Um, and that that's just an invaluable directory to have because you get their name, you get their position in the company, and you get their email address. Wow. And then you email them, and audiobooks is a super friendly business. I mean, people respond to your emails. Generally, mm. they might say like, "No," <laughs> but at least they didn't just delete you and move on, all right? right. Um, but yeah, it's it's a pretty it's it's a pretty welcoming industry. Part of the voiceover industry, I feel like all voiceover people are yeah. pretty friendly. To be <laughs> honest, I yeah. mean, it's like one of the best parts of the acting community, in my opinion.
0: Mm-hmm. Totally. So it sounds like if somebody is just beginning in audiobooks, I mean, one of the things that they definitely need is a demo, right? Or several demos, or do they need one?
2: I think having a demo is really important if you're just getting started. I mean, I would have never gotten my first book had I not happened having a demo. You have to have a calling card. You have to have that business card, Um, especially if you don't have anything on Audible yet? If you if you don't have like a, an audiobook resume would be like what is your Audible link? I don't mm-hmm. send anybody a resume with all the books. I just say here's my link on Audible. You can see everything I've done. You can listen to samples. You have if you have nothing to sh- show yet, which is totally fine. Everyone starts somewhere. Then you need to have a demo or two or three uh, to get started for someone to hear. Hmm. You could post that on your website or you could just have it on SoundCloud and send a SoundCloud link when you're approaching someone that may want to hire you. Um, it doesn't have to be fancy. You don't have to have a fancy website. It doesn't have to be this whole thing. I think if you're just you know, a good actor and a good storyteller, then your demo is going to sound great and you know there will be a book that you're right for.
1: Sure. Well, if this was a radio show, we'd take the next caller. And off of that,
0: uh, they would probably
1: <laughs> say, outside of a demo, what advice would you give to somebody just starting out in audiobooks and then someone who's further along, maybe more advanced?
2: I think, you know, getting good demos is, is when you're just starting out, getting good demos that not just highlight you and you know, in your amazing storytelling capabilities, but also sound great. I think everybody in voiceover knows that if your mic and your room and your you know just the engineering of of the sound does not sound good, you are not going to sound good. So, get a professional audiobook demo recorded. I hate to say it can't be on your phone. You know, it really needs just spend the money and get a good demo. Just so you, people take you seriously right away. Um, Start working on ACX to get some titles under your your belt. Um, And, you know, just just start, right? Just like an AP, you have to start. (laughs) With experienced people, I think, and and new people join APA, as I mentioned. But also I have found that narrators, for myself, this is true, but also other people that I've spoken to going to industry events have been life-changing. Hmm. Um, industry events are actually promoted a lot through the APA. So that's another kind of benefit you get. They do mixers. I have no affiliation with the APA either. I just want to say that. I sound like I'm selling <laughs> it. <but laughs> I I know the value in it because it really kind of launched my career, to be honest, just attending events. So They send emails, they do industry mixers. They're on Zoom these days with, you know, the pandemic, but they're still worth going to. Um, Being able to meet people, they do speed dating events where you get, you know, five minutes with a a casting director or producer or publisher. Um, There's a big conference every year. It's generally in New York uh, called APAC, A-P-A-C, um that's the audio publishing association conference that is you know life changing um i went one year and i met a girl there who had done zero audiobooks and i was like what 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 is what are you doing here and she was like well you know it's like this is i really want to get into audiobooks and i just thought i'm just jumping in the pool and I'm like, that is awesome. That is so ballsy. I love it. Like most people are kind of like, oh yeah, you know, I'm so, I've, I've done these, I've done that. She had nothing. <laughs> she has a full audiobook book career. Like wow. she, that's what she does. She just jumped in and she, obviously she had the talent to back it up, but I think really engaging with the industry and the people in the industry and everyone being as welcoming and friendly as they are. I think is really invaluable to get that, that FaceTime or that, you know, one-on-one time to meet people. And because also, you know, I know when I hire people, I try and hire somebody that I feel like is right for the story, not just their voice.
1: Mm.
2: Um, but really who's also going to like, maybe lend their, their own personality or their life experience is going to lend to the story. Mm -hmm. And they'll relate to it um, in a way. And so I think about those things, you know, when I cast. So when I know somebody personally, I'm like, oh, you know, so-and-so would would be perfect for this because they lived in Italy. I remember, you know, talking to her at dinner and Mm -hmm. she was telling me all about the year she spent in Italy. Boom. Okay. You know, just that little conversation came to mind.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: and right now we're casting, When I think Studios is casting a series that is um, either the hero or the heroine is disabled. Mm. And there's five books in the series. The author is disabled and she's a disability advocate. Wow. And so what I'm casting right now is really talented narrators that either are disabled mm. or have a connection to the disability community. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's like, sure, it's uh, we need talent and people, but we also need real people with real stories. Um mm-hmm. uh, and I think bring who you are, bring yourself. And it all there's there's something out there for you.
0: Yeah. That's great. Erin, thank you so much for being here and for teaching us more about audiobook narration, some of your insights. Um, If you're interested in training more in audiobooks, then join us um, in September and Erin in September for her audiobook demo workshop. And then we also have a virtual audiobook class too taught by Kurt Bonham. And so wherever you are, you can join that. You can find out more information in the show notes. We hope that you have a great day and thank you so much for joining us today.